It's July 17, 2011, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Yay, I'm so proud I made it through the introduction without giggling. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to last month's podcast, something something went really wrong. Was and I in don't, Larry's drink. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Was. I was just all giggly for some reason. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, maybe I was just ready to get out of town and and head down to San Antonio and just take a little break. I think so. Well, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, it was okay. It still worked. Everyone anyway. Um, but yeah, I headed down to San Antonio for the Torch Conference, which is the Texas Organization of Residential Care Homes. For those of you that who was a party. Yeah, that was a party. <laughs> probably one of the few guys in the room and probably median age of about 55. Are, was, you, are you being kind? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's I, I think demographically it's a lot of older women who maybe this is a second career almost for them. Like well, they retired from something. Yeah, and, or empty nesters that mm-hmm. have cared for their kids all their lives and they're still caregivers. Yeah. So yeah. it makes a logical leap to open their homes to be residential care homes. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting group. And, and of course, I felt a little out of place, but then on top of that, everyone's going, oh, you weren't here last year, were you? And I thought, wow, this is a really small group. And yeah. so I asked somebody and they said, oh, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that we don't get a lot of guys here. Oh. <laughs> and so when when a guy you shows up, out. everyone really notices because, yeah. you know, it's something unusual. That's funny. Well, maybe we should explain actually what a residential care home is. I was thinking that too. So okay. a residential care home is a home that is either an existing home that's been modified or a brand new home that's built that basically provides... Well, it's almost exactly what it says. It's a care home. It's instead of going into hospice or going into a retirement community, you actually have a room in a home that's shared with you know, two or more people. You know, they there's have, usually a nurse or some yeah, sort of medical, medical staff. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. But there's someone there 24-7 that looks after the, the, um, the residents. Say, yeah, thank you. I want to say patients. I'm like, they're not patients, really. Yeah. But the residents helps with medication and all that sort of stuff. So it's a... Uh, it's an interesting industry for, for, well, it's an interesting industry to be in, mm-hmm. and interesting to hear them talk about some of the things that they're dealing with. Uh, one of the most interesting things for me was the talk about the legislation because they do a legislative update every year. They have their lobbyists come in, and they don't pay these guys very much, but it sounds like they're just running around hustling like crazy to make things happen. And one of the interesting things was they were talking about the one of the bills that was coming up for a vote was, was going to be really damaging to the residential care home industry and basically put money that was allotted for them into the hands of developers. So they had to go about killing the bill. Well, this thing came up for votes like 15, 16 different times. So every time it was coming up for a vote, they'd get a phone call from a representative and the lobbyists would have to run down to the House or you know to the Senate floor or wherever and you know, do their little things, get people out so they couldn't have a vote, you know, whatever they could do to actually kill the bill. But they finally succeeded in killing the bill, but it took 15 or 16 tries. Well, because they had probably the money of the developers behind well, it on the other side. That and, and one of the the rep that was sponsoring the bill was actually really good friends with the Speaker of the House. So 
as a you know favor for your friend, you're going to make sure this bill comes up for a vote. So that's kind of interesting. Well, it also shows how devoted they are to their industry to, oh, yeah. to go to those lengths to protect it. Oh, yeah. Because uh, these are really, these are great people that run these homes. They're very sensitive and caring, mm-hmm. and, and they love what they do. It definitely is a calling yeah. to, to uh, you know, care. To really do this. Seniors, oh, yeah. 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 The, apparently, every year they have it at the Minger Hotel in San Antonio, and, and this is my first time there, and it's, of course, a historic hotel. Which is right next to the Alamo, yeah, right? right? Yeah, right Alamo next Square. to the Alamo, yeah, mm-hmm. right there. It was an interesting interesting hotel. I, I got to stay in, I think, I want to say it was the original part of the hotel, like one of the original wings. Mm-hmm. So it was really high ceilings, kind of lumpy floors in the hallway because, you know, the, the boards have shifted over time and whatever. And then in my room, to get into my bathroom, you actually had to step up. It was like they had, had to raise the floors in the bathrooms to be sure to be able to run all the piping and stuff. So there was a couple of times I stubbed my toe. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> Actually just getting into the bathroom. Yeah, you know, putting in indoor plumbing, you know, after the building's built. Oh, yeah, this could, is, be could, could be a little, a little bit of a challenge there. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah. Well, and someone else told me, oh, don't you know it's haunted? I'm like, great, I'll sleep well tonight, thanks. Oh, yeah. Well, one of my favorite shows is The Ghost Adventures yeah. on, I think it's the History Channel, and so, I had, of course, I had to text Larry while he was down there. And oh, was that you that texted way, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember who said that. I was like, well, somebody told me, and now uh. that's all I can think about. <laughs> so, when you feel a, a warm, you know, somebody lying next to you in the bed. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Thanks. <laughs> Just remember it was her room before it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Of course, in all fairness, when we were down there for, down in San Antonio last October for the Texas Society of Architects Convention. Uh-huh. Someone happened to mention to me that one of the floors at the Grand Hyatt, which is brand spanking new, was haunted. Really? Yeah. Yeah. People reported seeing a ghost or whatever. I'm like, I am in this hotel by myself. (laughs) I don't need to know these things. Please tell me it's not my floor. Save it for checkout. I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know. But anyway, (laughs) it was a good time, but it was was nice to, to break away from Dallas for a few days and not that it was any cooler. No. Right, right. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Texas geography, San Antonio is about four and a half, five hours south of Dallas, mm-hmm. getting real close to South Texas, and yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't get, get any cooler. cooler <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the further south you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and of course, everyone's traveling a lot right now, too, doing family visits. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys went, well, you went up to Colorado in June? Uh, in May. May. In May. Yeah, right around Mother's Day. Yeah. And just in time for your air conditioning to go out? Yeah, uh, yeah, because, of course, in Texas, it starts getting warm in April and really starts cranking yeah. once you get into May. And so, yeah, it started, um, and, of course, it always dies at about 9 o'clock in the evening on a Friday. <laughs> we love that. So I'm I'm calling our partner, Holly, and calling Larry going, help, I need an AC guy that doesn't charge overtime. And anyway, so, yes, we had, had it go out once, and then we had to have, we were able to go on our vacation it went out again as soon as we got back, of course, as it's continuing to get warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, that's how it always works. Yeah, well, and I keep yeah. seeing people f- post on Facebook that, you know, my AC's out, my AC's out. I'm like, wow, it's just you know, dropping like flies, so to speak. Right, because they're working so hard. We've had, yeah. I don't even know, what, two or three weeks straight of 100-degree days or day more? Day number 17 or something <sighs> like that. I don't know, some something crazy, but... The other interesting thing about it being summertime and, and smoking hot 
um, so to speak. I keep waiting for them to give us warning. Don't step out the doors, you'll burst into flames. Pretty much. Yeah, uh, feels that way anyway. Well, one of the interesting things, and I had never thought about this, but my exterminator called because we're due for our quarterly, you know, run through the house, you know, there's do the outside, right. come into the inside. But what he happened to mention to me was that, well, it's summertime, it's getting really hot, really dry, and guess who wants to come inside where it's nice and cool and damp mm -hmm. and hang out? So I hadn't even occurred to me that all the buggies are wanting to start, you know, coming oh, yeah. in. But sure enough, that got both Laura and I to thinking, because like, we share an exterminator, actually. We have the same guy. Mm -hmm. We got to thinking about that, that there's, you know, all these little home maintenance things that you don't think about during the summer, like having the exterminator come out because the bugs are going to start coming in and um, things like that that we thought, well, maybe that's something we could, could share with the other homeowners who might be listening, things that you might want to do. And especially for us, it's easy here because we have such a long, I won't say summer, I guess it really is a long summer season because mm -hmm. we really don't start really cooling off till sometimes late September, early October. So right. we have a, a much broader time to get stuff done, but... You know, if you're like Laura's parents, your parents are yeah up in the mountains in Utah, and it was mid June before they even got up into the 80s. I mean, yeah. it was still very cold. They were some of their lows were down into the freezing temperatures even yeah. in the evenings. And so my, in fact, they had to delay leaving for their vacation because my dad had so much maintenance to do on the house that couldn't really be done well if it was you know if they were still getting a lot of rain and snow and and mm -hmm. you know colder temperatures so yeah they have a very short window in order to get stuff done big projects around the house yeah so summertime can get to be a really important if you've got right. really only have about three months to get stuff done then you know summer starts and you jump right on it and get going mm -hmm. yeah it's not unheard of up there for snow to start flying mid-october if not sooner wow yeah so you pretty much have to have it wrapped up and yeah. And not even just the summer projects wrapped up, but the y'all your winterizing winter and yeah, exactly, getting all wow. that tidied up and Yeah. Well, and really, you know, too on on top of just regular home maintenance, you, know, you think okay, well, I'll do that next summer or, or whatever and in let's be honest, you can't defer stuff forever. I mean, the university systems like to just because it saves them money, but every few years even the university systems realize, okay, we have to we're going to have to actually do it. Let's spend the money. Yeah, shut down that dorm for a season and let's, uh, let's bring take it up care of everything. To, yeah. 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 So you can only defer maintenance for so long. So we thought, well, let's sit down and maybe create a, a quick checklist and get things kind of, you know, the things to maybe get taken care of before school starts. So this month we're going to talk about 10 summer to do's for home maintenance and items that you can start focusing on and checking off weekend by weekend, we hope. First of all, this was something we had to tackle probably oh, three or four years ago, which is painting the exterior of your house. And I had never really been through, this is the first house we've owned, I've never really been through a big, huge painting project and did not fully appreciate all of the prep work that goes into a good paint job. Oh, yeah. And we were so fortunate to get a good referral to a good painter, and they were quick and efficient, And but I really had no idea what went into oh, it. Oh, yeah. And it really has nothing to do with the paint. It's the prep that makes all the difference. So we're talking about scraping off any peeling t paint, sanding, making sure that surface is really well prepped, which may mean priming in some areas. Well, in some areas, just replacing even. Yeah. In some areas, you may have to clean the mm -hmm. surface. So it may mean pressure washing or 
scrubbing or that sort of thing. Yeah. The big thing that I noticed was how much caulk they used. Oh, yeah. Because they're, you know, that's a huge thing is you want to keep out the bugs and the water. And um, even in the winter, those can be places where air can infiltrate and really suck out your, your efficiency of your heating system. So really tightening up and, and getting all of those cracks taken care of is important. And in fact, my exterminator came and said, by the way, you've got some of your caulk that had been done in that, um, in that paint job was starting to crack and separate a little bit around the windows. And he said, you really need to get this filled back in because that's the first place they'll Look for oh, look an opening. Let's look go. Look at that. It must be an open house. Let's uh-huh. go, boys. Yeah. Right. So that's another thing. We just have to just get that caulk gun out and just walk your house all the way around. Just dive it on there mm-hmm. wherever you have to. Yes. Nothing. There's nothing that can't be fixed with a little bit of poopy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if you're short of caulk, just use some bubble gum. It's right. all good. Well, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing a lot of people don't think about because it's summertime and. A lot of times it's not raining. Well, at least here it hasn't been raining very much. And a lot of places it probably really doesn't rain that much during the summer. And no one thinks about, well, I need to clean out the gutters. Mm-hmm. You know, something I need to do. I hadn't even thought about it. But, you know, I haven't cleaned them out since the spring. I'm sure that, you know, if I looked up there, I'd be absolutely terrified. Well, yeah, we get actually quite a bit of wind in mm-hmm. the spring and summer. And so who knows what all is blown up in yeah. there. And well, I've got... You know, a couple of big trees loom kind of over the house, and mm-hmm. they're always dropping stuff. And and so, yeah, it's it's one of those things you just don't necessarily think about. But, you know, get them cleaned out, get the downspouts cleaned out, and make sure all the water is going away from the house so you don't have any of that water potentially running back into the house or under the house well, there's and doing a, damage. There's a house down the street from us, and their gutters were so clogged there was actually grass growing out of their gutters. Wow. <laughs> I have never Somehow seen that. Somehow weed spores or something uh-huh, had gotten got up, up there. in there, and they were just happy as clams to be wow. just putting out their little green shoots right up there on the edge of the okay. roof. Okay, suddenly yeah. I don't feel so bad right. about my gutters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, to, uh, you know, sort of while we're talking about getting water away from the foundation, start looking at your foundation vents if you've got a pier and beam house and make sure that they're you know, open or closed depending on season and making sure that your foundation, not the foundation, but the, the crawl space is properly ventilated so that it's dry and you're not getting a lot of mold issues or a lot of buildup from um, just damp. I mean, if, if it's if it's constantly damp under there for some reason, you may have to look at putting a fringe drain around the house. And we've mm-hmm. actually gone in on some homes and put in fans ventilation fans and humidistats to mm-hmm. pull the air through to make sure that there was enough circulation going through to keep things dry. Right. You may have to make sure you have enough openings and those fans placed strategically mm-hmm. so that the air actually pulls from one end mm-hmm. of your house through the other yeah. and keeps that air moving. Yeah. that's You can yeah. have all kinds of right. da- damage and problems. Well, and we've even done that on new houses mm-hmm. because sometimes they're, they're just isn't a good way to get the foundation vents where you need them. So we use a mechanical system to actually pull the air the way we want it to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at some of the larger houses that they've got a big enough footprint. There's no way you can expect enough airflow from those yeah. small vents. And I think is there there's actually code. Oh yeah, there's for code. There's you know, calculation you of how much you have to have coming through and all that stuff and what yeah. you can do to mitigate some of that. But the other thing too is if you're checking your foundation vents, go up and check your attic soffit vents and check your mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, look at your ridge cap and make sure that you've got a ridge vent. 
and there's Multiple some... Multiple ridge bands, well, preferably, Well, yeah. you know, typically right along the full length of the ridge is where you're, you know, it's all vent. should be all vent, basically, along that It should that be, ridge. but not well, many no, houses. Not, not many have it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but check to make sure that's done so your attic is staying, you know, cooler. It's not going to... Summertime, it's going to be hot anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's some airflow going through so that your attic doesn't get too hot. Yeah, in fact, on our house, uh, ours is probably about 35 years old, so you know it's had multiple paint jobs mm-hmm. on it, and most of the time they're spraying the paint on under those eaves. And so, in fact, I've gone and taken a broom or brush and had to brush those out because the vents actually get clogged up underneath uh-huh. there. And in some cases, you may even have to pull them down and replace them so yeah. that you can, you're sure you're getting enough airflow. Yeah. It makes a big difference, too, on your, on your cooling bills, oh, too. Yeah. If you can keep that yeah. attic somewhat ventilated and cool it can yeah. really help well and the other thing too is the um you know if you if you're you know in a big process of you know let's let's get the home brought up to more energy efficient standards and you come in and you have them blow insulation into your attic make sure they're not blowing insulation in on top of those soffit vents and blocking up that that flow of air mm-hmm. because it's something that's really easy to do if you know no one's really paying attention to it yeah in fact they mm-hmm. have they sell special pans that you can put right down at the where the eave ends mm-hmm. that right in between each roof rafter rafter in order to maintain that separation that inch of airspace to make sure that air can continue to flow yeah 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 so yeah it's important mm-hmm. well and one of the other foundation things that we wanted to mention and this is a real simple check to do because you know it's summertime you're probably going to be out in your yard doing some maintenance and well or just freshening up your fresh- beds. yeah yeah, yeah. Make sure that when you're doing your flower beds or any sort of mulching that you don't create a level above the line of the foundation. And a lot of people do this and don't think about it, but they're essentially piling dirt up against the house. Well, that line between the, the concrete slab and the brick, you know, little dirt will come right over it. And, of course, what's going to happen is moisture is going to end up wicking underneath the brick and because that stays wet, it's going to start pulling mm-hmm. into the house, and it's going to start damaging boards and start creating all sorts of problems. And you see it everywhere, oh, and yeah. all the time. Yeah, because nobody likes to see that foundation line. It's much prettier if it goes right, your mulch oh. or dirt is right up to the brick. But, mm-hmm. of course, you know that that brick, that joint between the brick and the concrete is under there somewhere, yeah. and that's a problem. Well, yeah, and... and People don't think about it too, but you know, this year it looks fine. Next year we throw more mulch on top of it or whatever, and suddenly over two, two or three years period, you suddenly really built up this flower bed. Although, when we were looking for our house, we went to an open house. Um, I guess probably not too far from where we're living now, and it was all pier and beam homes, and all foundation vents. Getting the soil above, above the foundation line in a pier and beam home is going to be. You really have to would have to work at it to make that happen. Right. But they had come in and put a raised flower bed right at the front of the house next to the porch. Well, when they did it, they brought it basically right up to the top of the foundation line, covered over the foundation vents. We're assuming that they had put some sort of bar- barrier there, like a um, I'm trying to think of what the, what's the word for it. It's a water barrier. I can't think of waterboard. Um, or some kind of membrane. Some kind of membrane to, to mitigate that, but we don't. We didn't know. You yeah, there's tell. no way to know. And the thought that you know they've had this here for how many years, covering up the foundation vents and watering and more mulch yeah. and more watering and more mulch Multiple and just thinking, issues. you know, okay, how much water is really coming in underneath the house? Right. 
So it was it was surprising to see. Yeah. So actually, if you're a realtor, that's something to keep in mind. Keep a you know put that in your back pocket and and look for those kind of things as right. you're showing a home because that you don't want to be introducing a client to a home that could potentially have issues. Right. Well, and the other on the flip side of that too, if you're hired by somebody, you know, and when you're walking the house, they're the things I would think you would typically look for as a realtor. But that's one of the things that you could just put on your list to check is to make sure that they have their foundation is properly protected. Protected, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and so while we're on the the topic of foundations, slabs are a whole nother fabulous fun topic because (laughs) especially here in Texas, we have ridiculously bad soil. Mm -hmm. We have this clay that you drop a tiny little drop of water on it and it expands like those silly foam capsule toy things that you drop in water and they, you know, 20 times the size they blow. I mean, it's bad. So I'm so passionate about this topic (laughs) because I'm (laughs) dealing with it right now. We have, I don't know any home in Texas that doesn't have foundation issues. Yeah, if you've got a slab foundation at some (sighs) point, you're going to have probably an issue, unless it's a slab with piers and they don't do a lot of those. If If you own a typical home... Right, that was done back in the day when mm-hmm. they didn't put interior piers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it was some sort of structured slab, um, there's no guarantee. Well, so, yeah. the idea, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is that um, if you have a slab foundation on your home and you don't have a sprinkler system around your home, it's really, really important to keep your foundation watered, is what they call it. And even we had an inspector come and tell us this early on before we even started seeing any problems which is probably why I should have started to do it right when he told me to do it. Did I? No. So now we have actually installed soaker hoses all the way around the perimeter of the home so that the idea being that you want to try to keep that moisture level of the soil that is underneath your slab at as much of a constant moisture level as you can so that it's not heaving as it dries out or once the rains come, it swells up again with the moisture and and so your home is, like, floating on a big bowl of jello because, yeah. you know, it's subject to whatever the soil is doing today. So that's another thing is, is if you don't – if you have a sprinkler system, chances are you may not have right. issues. Hopefully, if you're running it consistently, that's something that can be mitigated. But if you don't, uh, you may want to think about adding those soaker hoses or some sort of system to keep moisture there. Yeah. Well, one of my professors at A&M was telling us one of his clients, I think he's one of the structural guys, um, was contacted by this woman who had a, sl- a house on a slab. All of a sudden, after being fine for, you know, 30 years, all of a sudden the middle of the slab was just dropping, and she couldn't figure out why. She's like, I don't understand what's going on. Well, it turns out that she'd only been working for a couple of years. Her husband had passed away a few years before, and so she had been a stay-at-home mom and wife and she had a garden in the backyard well the backyard was up a little bit from the house so there's a little bit of a slope to the yard so year round she was maintaining this garden and watering and watering and watering which was of course keeping all the soil underneath the house wet Um, well when she went back to work the gardening stopped and suddenly the soil underneath the house started drying out and sure enough the slab started to drop Wow. Yeah. I mean, who ever would have thought of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, well, and, and while we're talking yeah. about sprinkler systems, um, one of the easy things to do in, in Dallas and probably a lot of the South, 
when summer gets here, they tell you you can only water your yard between like 10 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning. So for a lot of us, our sprinkler systems are simply going off. You know, mine goes off at 2 in the morning and runs till 5. Just cycles through the whole thing, a little 20-minute pieces. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting when you get up in the middle of the night and you hear water running and you have to remind yourself, oh, it's a sprinkler. Because <laughs> you can hear it, you yeah. know, you hear the, hear the water going through the pipes. But if, you're, if that's the kind of cycle you're on, be sure to go ahead and at least once or twice in the summertime, turn your sprinkler on during the day and let each one cycle and check all your heads and make sure that there's nothing that's broken or popped off and just spraying water all over the street because you know the whole idea of watering at that time of night is it conserves water because it's not all evaporating. Evaporating, right. It kind of defeats the purpose if you've got a head that's just spraying it and spraying it and spraying it. Right. Yeah, we found that on, on one of ours. Um, I think last year that it was doing that. We're like, what's all this water? (laughs) Why is there all this water in the driveway? Well, it turns out that it wasn't the head itself, but the the stem. Because it it was a a copper pipe that actually came from the fitting in the ground and came up because it was in the shrubs. There was just enough freeze and thaw that year to cause the joint right at the very bottom to break. And sure enough, we had water just coming up out of the ground and just flowing across the driveway. Did so, you wonder why the corner of that yard was so lush? Well, well, it was the, the <laughs> you know the the nice part of the flower bed right there. Oh, you know, sure. That was getting plenty of water. They were loving it. They were just loving it. But yeah, so um, and if we hadn't you know run through run through the cycle, we'd never would have guessed that. Right now, if you're putting in a new sprinkler system, it's required at least in our area to put in a rain sensor mm-hmm. so that you don't. I mean, that's so irritating when you. Or drive by a place and it's course pouring down rain. Of course, the sprinklers, sprinklers are, are going, going off full blast. Like, yeah. Really? Well, the thing that gets me is is here, and I say here at our office complex is mm-hmm. that the sprinklers here go off at like two in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm like, guys, really? I mean, yeah, okay, it's hot enough. Now you just dumped all this moisture into the air on top of it, and you're not really doing any favor to any of your plants. Yeah. Well, and speaking of conservation. One thing that Laura came up with was the leaking hose bibs. Yes, the the faucets outside where we hook up our all of our gardening hoses, those are subject to weather all year round. And mm-hmm. so, and I I was so proud of myself because I went and got a wrench. Ours was leaking, and I just twisted it just a corner of a turn, and lo and behold, it stopped leaking. Oh wow. my goodness! Imagine that. I mean, it's really not rocket science to just to tighten things up because even mm-hmm. those connections can get loose um yeah yeah but it you know a little drip over time turns into a lot of drip over right. time we, or if once you actually turn it on you know even if everything's connected it's spraying mm-hmm. um and if it's not where you need extra water then yeah 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 the one in our backyard we have actually had it replaced twice oh jeez. because we found it leaking one year and they came out and they replaced um placed it right where it came to the brick and it was fine for about two years and then it started doing the same thing drip 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 and we're like great called them back out they actually had to replace the full stem that went all the way back to where it connected into the the oh water water pipe underneath the house oh jeez. so it was you know like 18 inch long piece of pipe that right. was coming out that apparently that's where the leaks were coming through mm-hmm. um or however it was the valve. It was something weird, but I'm like, okay. And now, of course, it doesn't leak, but it was just that you don't think about how much water's really coming out of there until you look, and it's just this giant puddle on the ground, and it's constantly wet. Yeah. 
Which, of course, you know, wintertime makes for lots of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like that. Yeah. So there's another thing that you just want to check on every once in a while. Well, let's move inside the house to, of course, because it's so dang hot. We are inside most of the time anyway, yeah. at least down here. And, of course, when we had to replace our air conditioner, our furnace, the air handler inside, the big deal was, well, we got a different size unit, so my fabulous stockpile of filters was no good anymore. So we had to go and buy new filters. The thing is that our air conditioners are running so hard and so long over the course of the summer is that you really need to stay on top of the filters because mm-hmm. that can just trash your efficiency. Oh, yeah. oh it, it did ours one year. Yeah. Yeah, and we weren't thinking about it, and yeah. sure enough. Right. It can mess up all kinds of stuff because then if the coils get dirty, if the filter stops working real well, and then the airflow is not, you're not going to get very good cooling. I mean, it just, it can cause a lot of different yeah. problems. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and in fact, the other thing too is to maintain your condensate lines because when we had our, our, uh, furnace replaced we didn't replace the actual cooling coil unit on top of it just the part with the fan and Mm -hmm. so when we did that the of course the unit we put in was much more efficient and it moved the air much more quickly and they were so nice to go in there and clean off all the coils inside but that left some debris in the condensate pan and so as all of this new air is coming through it is dehumidifying the air probably twice as fast as our old unit was. Uh-huh. So, of course, it's producing a ton of water that has to somehow get out of there. Well, we didn't, of course, learn all this until it told us by our floor being soaking wet. And had to have three different guys come out there to finally rip the entire front panel off that cooling hole thing on top of the furnace and realize that all of that junk that had fallen off was stopping up and it was leaking out everywhere. And also, it wasn't just coming out of the condensate line. It was just, like, pouring out of the hole. Yeah, it wasn't even making it out of the cooling oh, unit itself. Wow. It was overflowing the pan, wow. which is supposed to then, you know, activate the, you know, the overflow thing. Mm-hmm. But the entire thing was so stopped up with junk and dust and, you know, all that accumulated uh, yeah. junk that had not been cleaned out of that pan well enough when the oh, whole thing wow. got replaced. Wow. So, and then, of course, it's leaking right before we have to leave on our other trip. <laughs> so I'm going... Oh, my gosh, I can't leave this thing running, even if yeah. we set it at a higher temperature, because I don't want my whole house flooded. And yeah. yeah. So, a little word to the wise. Check your condensate Check line. Check your condensate line. Yeah, just keep that thing whole thing cleaned out. Yeah. Uh, open it up before the season starts, whatever you have to do. But well, yeah, have a guy come out and blow some air through the line, just to make sure it... Right. Well, and... Yeah, and so we had to have a plumber come out because they thought the clog was further down in the drain line, and that, of course, had nothing to do with it. What we did do, though, that should have been done in the beginning was they put an actual, they were able to hook a low-voltage sensor, and they put it on the overflow. So there's a part where it's a little bit higher, so if Mm -hmm. that water level gets high enough, it's going to trigger this overflow, and it shuts Mm -hmm. the whole system off Mm -hmm. so that it can't keep accumulating water and being you know, spewing all over. Yeah, well, and that's, uh, you know, people don't necessarily think about that, but it's something we actually do in most of our residential projects. Mm-hmm. Most of, um, not most of, but all the units that have been put in have, will have the main pan and they'll have an overflow pan and there's a float switch and sure enough, if it gets right. water in it, so, it, you know, shuts the unit down. 
Yeah, but that yeah. yeah, those are smart to have. Yeah. So next time you're walking down your hallway or wherever your air conditioner is, and the floor goes squish, 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 because that's how we found ours. Uh-huh. Same thing. It was like, why is the floor wet and lumpy here? And we're like, oh man. And sure yeah. enough, it was just the condensate line. Right. Now ours was we were sitting there watching TV, and the unit kicked on, and all of a sudden we were like, who's pounding on the wall? What is that banging? And it was the dripping coming out of the pan and landing on the platform that the that the whole unit mm-hmm. sits on and it was hitting this piece of metal just enough that this tapping noise you know so oh, like, Lord. what's that what an interesting sound <laughs> squish 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 it's our own personal waterfall right yeah well and the, the other thing to do while you're thinking about this sort of simple interior stuff is and and I don't even think about this and it's terrible Check the batteries in your smoke detector. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're supposed to do it, I think, every six months anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, summertime, you're doing the little home maintenance things. Now would be a good time to, to go ahead and check. Right. Well, one thing that we discovered when we had to replace that furnace is that our heat exchanger part where the actual furnace gas flame was igniting mm-hmm. right in there, uh, that we had some parts rested through. And so there was a potential for carbon monoxide to leak out and to, you know, potentially be poisoning us in our home we had just moved our little boy out of his crib and onto the floor on his crib mattress and i'm thinking oh my yeah. <laughs> it's like you know that that maternal guilt uh-huh. oh, oh my I've god ruined my child forever gonna, yeah, yeah i'm gonna make the news and uh-huh. yeah so thank goodness we discovered that and but you know another thing to keep in mind is to to watch out for those kind of things because it's a maintenance issue but it actually could be a health issue mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of scary uh, and then the other thing is to, if you have fire extinguishers in your home, check them every once in a while because the pressure does go down. They don't last forever. And if you don't, get some. They're not that expensive. You can get them at any of your home improvement stores. Um, keep one in the kitchen. Keep one in the garage idea. maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea. We even have one back in our linen closet uh, back by the bedrooms because, uh-huh. I mean, it's back where we've got electrical appliances. You know, it's yeah. where, you know, hair dryers and you know, TVs, and you never know when something might decide to spark. go up. Yeah. yeah. So, not a bad idea to have one nearby. Okay. Well, so to recap, here's your 10 summer to-dos for home maintenance. One, paint. Two, caulk. Three, check your gutters. Four, foundation and attic. Five, check the dirt in your flower beds, people. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, check your slab. Seven, Run through your sprinkler system to make sure it's working properly. Eight, check for any leaks in your hose bibs outside. Number nine, check all of your HVAC filters and your condensate lines. And number 10, check the interior items like smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors to make sure that everything's working. So, well, now that you guys have all your work cut out for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go home and relax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> course you can always find us on the web at hpdarch.com and our blog thearchitecturehappyhour.com so look for us also on linkedin and facebook and wherever else you and might throw a stone twitter, <laughs> twitter and well and in fact <laughs> if you're in dallas and uh, you're here in august i'm actually going to be speaking doing a seminar at metrocon in uh, i believe it's august 11th and 12th is when the seminar is and i think mm-hmm. i'm speaking around lunchtime on the 11th Uh, about personal branding and how you can use that in your personal and professional and business career. Um, So stop on by. Come on in. It's supposed to be a great conference. And so come say hi. 
It's supposed to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's mid-August, and then uh, we'll probably talk to you all after that. Yep, and we'll have a lovely report from the land of MetroCon. Yes, it'll be great. Lots of interior design and architecture, and uh, they have a great expo, product vendors, and things like that. So I'm looking forward to bring back one of those giant bags full of product. Not that I've ever done that. (laughs) Yeah, lots of free pens and And, swag, I'm sure. uh I'm sure. Right. All right. Well, um, I guess that's all for now. So we're going to say farewell. But until next time. And stay cool. And stay cool, yes. Try and stay cool. I would say dry, but (laughs) nah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll talk with everyone next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.